Good evening. Good evening, my fellow ghouls and goblins. It is spooky season. It's the spookiest of season. Election time is upon us. Ah! Ah! Hi, Sam. Hi. Hello, Andrew. How are you? Doing well. Good. Thanks for uh, coming over once again for another episode of... Film Mary Kill! I'm Sam Lounsbury. I'm Andy Mitchell. Uh, We're two goofy friends who've got uh, a little dog who's probably going to be barking in the background (laughs) periodically (laughs) throughout this recording. We're friends who enjoy movies, and we're going to talk about the movies we have seen this week and challenge each other to a game of Fuck, Fuck Mary Kill. Kill with some of the movies we've watched this week. Um, Sam, how, how have you been this week? Uh, we are taping this on Halloween proper. Halloween? Uh, uh, I, and on, in, our, in the good Christian Lord name. Uh, thank you so much. I'm doing well. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I had a weird... Weird mind fuck over there. It's uh, okay. I'm doing well, man. I'm just uh, enjoying my my very, you know, just enjoying a nice Halloween day. Yeah, he's wearing a taco costume as he's speaking I, right now. Oh yeah, I am wearing a taco costume. Uh, I surprised Andy when I showed up here. I well, I threat- texted him earlier saying, "Hey, I'm gonna totally wear this." Wear and this I taco said, "Do costume. it." And, he, and he, like, I didn't walk into it. I didn't walk in. I did not wear it. And then I said, hey, I need to go use the bathroom. And I quickly did a quick change. Well, it was funny because I did like make reference to it. I'm like, oh, you're not wearing your taco costume, huh? Oh, then I just thought you're going to use the bathroom like a normal person. Oh, man. I never use the bathroom like a normal person. <laughs> <laughs> the less said, the better. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how are you doing, Andy? How's Wedding Watch Wedding going? Watch is uh, continued. Um uh, we're doing okay. Um, doing uh, mo- most of my week this week involved uh, some day job stuff, but mm-hmm. I don't want to bore the podcast with that. As far as wedding watch goes, um, we uh, chatted with my uh, both my brothers mm-hmm. um, who are currently married and asked them a bit about like uh, what you do for your wedding, who who'd you invite, what mm. uh, what was the cost ultimately, like what's something you want would give advice on it was kind of a general yeah. conversation more than the specific thing i did learn that um a couple cousins and aunts and uncles i was well within my right to not invite because they didn't rsvp to, oh yeah <laughs> to either my other my brother's wedding so it's like oh why even waste the ink and paper then mm. let's just let <laughs> let's just uh we'll send them a christmas card later so right now colette's got to um uh, she's taking lead on uh, looking for the venue. We think we got a, a good uh, location in mind. She just got to reach out to them and chat up with them, see if we can get it for the date we think in question. We're hoping mm-hmm. September of 2021. But as you said, it's spooky season. <laughs> so who knows where we're going to be in a few weeks. Oh, oh boy. Uh, uh, by the way, what are you guys, do you guys have any plans tonight? Do you guys Are you guys going to throw candy at children or... <laughs> Or throw um, children at candy. Either well, way. initially our plan was to, um, my plan was to record this, mm-hmm. um, to watch a, uh, a Never Not Funny live streamed episode because I'm on a tier subscription for that podcast. Huzzah, huzzah. Uh, and then we were going to watch a bunch of classic horror movies as we tried to do last night. However, we do have to make a sudden trip to uh, Indiana after we record this to go uh, to go check on Colette's mom. Oh, uh, sure. Everything should be okay. Okay. Uh, she just need my. She just uh, she can't drive, so she oh. needs folks to come uh, get her groceries. So we're gonna go nice. get some groceries for Colette's mom, and yeah, it'll be great. 
It'll All be right. fun, and then we'll come back and do some uh, do some scary movie watching. Huzzah. Do you have any uh, any scary movies you're planning on watching? Like, where are the scary ones? I'm I'm going to try to put. We'll see what Colette wants. Colette usually gets veto power, and if she <laughs> wants to watch something, uh, I will certainly acquiesce. I'm not uh, crazy about that, but I'm probably going to steer more toward your classics. Yeah. Um. Maybe give a give Halloween a second watch. Mm. It is the day. It is. It is the day. Um. But yeah, and there's other stuff like this will probably be the last day. I have shutter so i'll say like what else <laughs> what else that might be on there that we want to watch oh, um yeah. like um i was thinking like texas chainsaw massacre possibly but i don't wait colette was what did colette say she said if there's like a beautiful woman alone in a house she's really into those kind of movies so oh. i might, hmm. might have to do some research on that i can think of a few there's like, like oh there's i got one that we might talk about later so, oh really uh yeah oh. i will i will not uh <laughs> reveal that let's put a feather in that cap and let's get to the rules of the game as i said it so we have watched a bunch of movies this week both of us Um, and uh we're going to go through all the movies we watched this week and then the other host is going to pick three from that list to play fuck mary kill with what did we watch this week uh this week i watched uh host Mm -hmm. images The Evil Dead, Mm -hmm. uh, the 1981 version, Mm -hmm. uh, Reanimator, Mm -hmm. uh, Venom, A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night, Mm. Creep, and uh, Underwater, and the ultimate scary movie, Cats 2019. (laughs) So I made a comment on a previous episode about you and a projector, and we didn't didn't quite pull this through. Maybe we could still, but I was, Colette and I were thinking... What if we invited ourselves over to Sam's place with this projector and we watched Cats together? I, uh, we, my roommates would be, they would immediately kick you out and then <laughs> uh, we'd probably all do acid and continue watching Cats. Sounds great. All right. So all the things I logged on, on Letterboxd, and you can find us and follow along, of course, on Letterboxd.com. I'm at Kinetic Android and Sam is at S. Lounsbury. Um, so I put in a bunch of stuff. Some of this stuff probably doesn't merit too much discussion, but it's mm-hmm. loggable, so I logged it. Yeah. Uh, that includes Michael Jackson's Thriller. <laughs> um, there's the first, Bo- <laughs> the first Borat movie. Um, host as well. We, wow, this is maybe the first time we've watched the same movie in a, in a week. Um, so uh, maybe we'll talk about it. Uh, South Park, the pandemic special. Uh, I finally, <laughs> I finally gave Blue Velvet that rewatch I threatened. Um, <laughs> Breaking Surface, um, Birds of Prey, uh, the Harley Quinn movie, uh, Dracula, the original with Bella Lugosi, or I guess the the one with Bella Lugosi. I guess it's not the original. Uh, Beetlejuice. Uh, I, I, <laughs> I vlogged Chelsea Handler's stand-up special Evolution. <laughs> uh, Annabellum uh, with Janelle Monae, The Wolf of Snow Hollow, Possession. Scare me and last night to crap off a long day of uh, watching movies while sort of working uh, his house, which is on mm. Netflix that just came out. So um, I don't have the coin with me, so I'm going to do a little quick type in for just a random, random number generator. All right, Sam, odds or evens? Odds. It's even, so I win. Okay, so um, let's see. Do I want to pick first, or do you? I want you to pick first for me. I want to pick first. Um, All right. Cool. I have. A, I gotta admit, I I 
looked a little bit this morning at what you would watch to plan or plan ahead. And I did the exact same thing. And you know, sometimes we like to make each other pick between our kill our darlings, um, <laughs> pick between favorites. But today is Halloween, so I'm asking you to fuck Mary Kill, um, underwater, okay, Venom and cats, baby. <laughs> oh, you fuck. <laughs> You goddamn piece of fuck. <laughs> I'm so glad I was. Re- I wrote all the reviews prepared before I showed up today. <laughs> I had a feeling like, oh, man, is Annie going to be nice to pick all the like multiple four-star movies I picked on Letterboxd? Not on Halloween, baby. <laughs> fuck. All right. Uh, well. I mean, yeah, because okay. I, I, I feel like some of the four-star stuff is going to come up later. Yeah, I mean... All right, so which which so which one do you want to have sex with more? Uh, <laughs> Venom uh, or cats or underwater? Oh boy, uh, it's a real Sophie's neglect here. <laughs> I just want to forget all of these. Uh, which one do I want to fuck more? <laughs> That's the game. <laughs> <laughs> I've broken you. I'm so mad. Because <laughs> I have to make a decision I was, like, dreading today <laughs> to make. Uh, out of sheer, like, I mean, I'm going to... If you're if you're trying to if you're trying to circumvent your way into tra- to avoiding this by I'm gonna like, kill about, I'm gonna no, 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 kill no. I don't want you to, I don't want to know what you're gonna kill now I, this is the fuck part <laughs> you tell me what you're gonna fuck him you you wait till the end to kill something <laughs> I have to fuck something before I kill it it's a regular <laughs> The Wall by Pink Floyd <laughs> uh, all right. I'm going to get a lot of shit for this. I'm going to fuck cats 2019. Yes! I knew it! I knew it! I knew it! The the infamous 2019 film adaptation of the more infamous (laughs) hit, quote-unquote, Broadway musical Cats uh, by Andrew Weber. Uh, It's... God, I miss I missed out. We did we? Well, I guess I guess not. You can probably I don't. Part of me doesn't want you to tell me anymore because I've certainly heard the podcast about uh, cats and definitely still want to watch it. Yeah, uh, it it's definitely probably the scariest thing I've seen this spooky season. <laughs> and uh, this is someone that has seen hosts several times. Uh, it's 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 just fucking weird <laughs> it's it's i mean there's it's way too horny for its own good oh, like it, it's like every fucking cat is trying to fuck every other cat it, it's so so i guess it is it it does uh mm-hmm. antithesis it is like the, the i guess not antithesis but i guess the culmination of the fuck category yeah right is, <laughs> this, this is the this is the uh this is the brutal. This is what happens when the fuck category goes too far. I bet. Yeah, this is uh, this is where it gets problematic. That uh, or Caligula, probably. Oh God! Oh God! Caligula. Ugh. It's. I mean, it. It's a musical adaptation of Cats. It's really weird. Uh, there's. I mean, the the most remarkable thing about it is the CGI and how it is remarkably disturbing. And is, how is, is there buttholes in it? Or did they I did pay? not see the butthole cut. Okay. Uh, that we watched on HBO Prime, HBO Max. Yeah. Uh, there's a there's one on Amazon Prime, so that might be the butthole cut. I cannot oh. speak for that. Uh, it is. Uh, I mean, it's just disturbing because the CGI never you never get used to it. 
<laughs> like after a certain point, you think like like even Polar Express or or uh, uh, the Christmas Carol, the Robert Zemeckis CGI films. There is a where they are all animated. It's uh-huh. very clear that there's a there's an adjustment period of like oh this is like you're not watching a human being, you're watching uh, uh, anima- animation of a human being. Yeah. Whereas like Cats, you never you're always like in this un you're stuck in this uncanny sitting place of unnatural and humanistic. So you're watching human so- human like fingered cats like walk around on all fours yeah. and it's like very disturbing and haunting. These are things I've heard. Yes. Uh uh Suri McKellen uh is is a treasure. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. He's probably one of the few that gets him and Judy Dench get unscathed the most in this movie, but even then like you still have to see uh Suri McKellen go meow 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 like <laughs> and it's literally like Oh man, this guy was nominated. This was Gandalf. What the fuck? <laughs> I, I was weeping for the cast in this film. Oh boy, and it was disturbing because uh, just it's so it's so long. It's so <laughs> oh, enough no, doesn't it end. It's ninety minutes, Andy, but it doesn't end. It's oh, so geez. unbelievably. It's like. Somebody every time, every five minutes, I had to check in with my roommates, making sure they didn't drop acid in the popcorn. I was really <laughs> like just disoriented so much, and like I, but I, I was fascinated by it. It was it was like a weird uh, w- waking nightmare of mm-hmm. like horniness. It was just it, <laughs> it, 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 I. It something that seemed to be believed, and I. And something to be feared, actually. It's oh, like wow. it's like the one ring. This, this uh, might be this might be the movie we watched tonight. Then this, <laughs> it, I mean, you're you're it, it will not disappoint in how disappointing it is. Uh, <laughs> all right, I've all right, I've pressured you into it. So thank you. I think I know the answer, but between underwater and venom, which one are you? Which one would you marry, and which one would you kill? Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna have to marry underwater just by the sheer like. The other option's Venom. <laughs> yeah. Sounds about right. I have to marry Underwater because uh, it, it it wins by default because it has so much. Like just mediocrity to it that mm-hmm. you can kind of kind of enjoy it just on that. Like it, it's like. Uh, underwater, uh, the. It's a story, uh, after an earthquake destroys an underwater facility, a group of workers must navigate the ocean floor to safety while also avoiding the mysterious hostile creatures that suddenly appear. Mm-hmm. Andy, you're a big fan of the film Aliens. I am a big fan of the film Alien and um, Aliens. Uh, imagine Alien and Aliens underwater. Okay. And you have underwater. I got it. <laughs> it, uh... It's it's has a it has a brisk pace to it even though there's not a lot of urgency to it. Oh, like there's so much high stakes. Like the everything is like li- their facility is literally crumbling around them. And there's while it's crumbling around, there's so many like alien like weird creatures like popping out to like oh, destroy geez. them and put them one by one. Where, uh, it, but some reason, it it just doesn't feel like like they're in a hurry to get out of safety. They stop sometimes. One of them. Like one character's after like everything is destroyed, they go to take a shower, and it's like <laughs> in the middle of like this pan, like the chaotic energy around them, and I'm like, what? <laughs> no. uh, it, it it just it it but it skates by on just being 
knowing what it is and and doing doing its job the best it can. Uh-huh. Uh it Kirsten Stewart is fine in it. She okay. plays a she plays an action heroine who I think the the biggest uh fault of the movie is that it it loses the emo- her emotional through line because of all of the survival horror elements in it. Oh. And it just kind of uh it, it this this underwater horror movie is a bit of a wash. Andy, it's a bit of a wash. I hate. I'm not. I'm not looking at you. I'm not giving you. Look contact. at me in my taco costume. No. <laughs> and take me seriously. God damn it. Well. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, so, I, I have to marry underwater. I will probably end up watching it again with a couple other stoners. This is this is what I heard about underwater though. That it was like no, I, it looked terrible. But it was. But most of it the was reviews. Fine. Yeah. yeah, that was that was as good as it got as far as I remember. Like reaction was like it's actually fine. Yeah, it's like it's. It's annoying in parts, but you know what? It's a creature feature. Yeah, it's competent, uh, which is more than I can say for Cats and Venom. But uh, it, it, and by default, I have to marry it uh, yep. because there is at least put there is put some art, art thought in art direction and some thought in the direction. Yeah, uh, and it's just, but yeah, it, it's it's fine. It's one of it was one of the few films that premiered in 2020 before it was 2020. That's right, uh, and it. it uh, it will probably just get that as its only note. <laughs> um, There'll be there will be podcasts on this in years years later in the post apocalypse. Like remember the films of 2020, the end of cinema. <laughs> they'll be they'll be looking at uh, <laughs> maybe maybe we should have looked at cats as the harbinger of things to come because that came out remember in like the winter of 2019. We should have known. We should have known that all cinema was gonna die soon uh, <laughs> and that all art was uh, frivolous. Uh, but, oh man! But uh, uh, Andy, um, so you're so you're killing any anything to say just about in uh, defensive venom or just like what what ruined venom for venom for you? During the end credits, they showed a clip of Spider-Man into the Spider Verse. Cool. That was it. <laughs> like good, a good. twenty, a fifteen-minute clip in the middle of a twenty-minute credit sequence. Oh, it was annoying. But uh, no, that is probably the only thing I can say in defense of Venom. Everything else about it is exactly what it seems. It's very. It seems like a rush project for just to remain, just to, just so the studio can maintain the legal status of Venom, the character. Oh yeah. I yeah. do remember hearing that was an impetus to make the movie in the first place. Yeah. And it shows. I apologize to you. I made you talk about three movies. You generally did not like, uh, I mean, uh, like, or at least, or at least like reluctantly liked one of them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I begrudgingly have a respect for cats. And <laughs> well, you have to, you just made sweet love to it. And it's, <laughs> Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll find some It'll later. call you. It will can follow I, me. Can I say one thing about <laughs> cats that I was thinking? I feel like I missed the missed the, the golden opportunity of cats because in one of the I think in the Flophouse episode I listened to about the the film, uh, they they. They did what we what you just did too, just like rave, just like I can't believe what I've just seen. Yeah, it's, but also we're like enthralled by the experience in yeah. a way. It's like I can't believe something swung this wide and missed so so clearly. It it but, had so many it had so many problems ahead of it before the production. That like right. I wonder why they would even do it. Yeah, I but I just remember like they're saying um, this, they were recommending like I was like I actually think it's worth it to go see it in the theaters while you can, while there's still like people who sincerely want to see it. 
because someone reported one of the people, one of like the guests on the podcast was saying like they heard like kind of like an, uh, what sounded like older women behind them at the part where they're singing and cats are not dogs. And, they go, <laughs> and the reaction was, it's true, you know. <laughs> oh, my God. That, that scene happens. Uh, there's literally a scene where. Where that that's monologue that's happening that Judy Dench is giving that's yep. on, she is literally like turning and looking to the audience, mm-hmm. where all the cats are just not in. Like it's very clear that like I'm not sure if they they never made the distinguish if the cats can see when she is looking at the audience because they're just <laughs> looking at her like, what what is she doing? She's, like looking <laughs> in the middle of nowhere, and it's so weird because. It, it comes at the very end and it just feels like, oh, this is what this is a summary of what the song is. A cat is not a dog. And I'm like, we knew that. We fucking knew that. Oh my God. Is, that what, is this what Andrew Lloyd Webber was trying to like get at when he was like having like people like kind of walk around and creep on the audience in their fucking seats that we, he was trying to illustrate that cats weren't dogs. Oh man. And that they were like us. Oh, fuck off. I, <laughs> Sorry, to, I, I that was a lot of things. I don't know I when I'm gonna see this movie, but I, I'm going to see this movie. The other the only other cats uh, uh, story <laughs> I have is that that still sticks in my brain is so this this Thanksgiving I'm I'm a little sad because the past five Thanksgivings, um, because I have uh, so many uh, brothers and a and a sister who is a nurse, so occasionally they like to work on a holiday to make some extra money. Mm-hmm. My parents trying to be infinitely cool, basically if give gave all the their married uh my married uh children the caveat that you can go be with your in-laws on the holiday and we've usually celebrated our thanksgivings for the past five years like either the sunday or saturday after thanksgiving Mm. official okay which is just basically like it's it's thanksgiving whenever we say it is darn it um so and that's kind of true for christmas um but for until you know the lovely colette entered my life Mm. i kind of was an orphan on thanksgiving because i didn't have a job nor was i married (laughs) or really seeing anybody so um uh, mom and dad at one point five years ago came into uh, the city and we got brunch because there are a couple places that were still open and we watched a movie. We've seen um, uh, we've se- we've seen an interesting selection because um, we've seen we saw uh, Spectre. I remember mm. one year we saw Allied, um, this forgot forgettable Brad Pitt. Marion a Mary Qu- Cotillard film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, we saw three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. <laughs> Um, I, I gotta rewatch this movie because um, everyone because people hate on it, but I remember loving it at the time. I did too. I did too. I really enjoyed it yeah. as well. When it we came saw out. Bohemian Rhapsody, which <laughs> fuck everything. Fuck <laughs> everything. I've, if only we'd seen Cats. But here's oh, here's here's man. where Cats comes into play because the last last year the movie we oh, saw, no. um, we we didn't even go to Chicago. Like we went up to the Milwaukee area because we were gonna kind of go to there uh, an aunt's Thanksgiving. Um, Colette came with, it was me, my parents, my sister, um, and his, my dad's only, uh, sister, my aunt Ruth Ann, all watching a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Oh, the, uh, the Tom Hanks, Mr. Uh, Rogers movie. Did Lovely. you all enjoy your mutual cry? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think we all enjoyed it. I think it was a good selection for the audience of yeah. uh, who was in, who was going to see it. Uh, they did show a trailer for cats and before it, and as the trailer ended, my dad made this sound. He just went. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, and, and I can't wait 
for you to go back to that Thanksgiving and just like bring your cat's DVD and like guys for watching it. And you'll be like, yes, (laughs) I think my mom will usually watch anything, especially from the library. But I think even that she'll probably be like, why would I want to watch this? I heard it was so stupid. Oh, it it is. boy. Oh, boy. Okay. well, do now do you want to punish me by making me pick favorites or making me pick garbage like you just did? You know what, Annie? I'm going to be nice because I I am. Uh, it was. It's All Hallows Eve, and I, I do want to give you a gift because I did not bring pie. Uh, <laughs> the options I'm going to give you are Blue Velvet, oh. The Wolf of Snow Hollow, okay, and Possession. Oh, yeah, oh. yeah, man. Fuck. Yeah. Oh man, you almost got to like because I did like I kind of did what I did last week where I made like a top list, and I think. Mm-hmm. I think you got you almost got my top three. <laughs> I also made a top list, and I you got my top bottom. You got, I got my bottom all, three. I, 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 <laughs> I mean, if you switch a couple things around, like I technically had Evil Dead lower than Underwater, but no. uh, yeah. Oh really? Yeah, top. We'll, yeah, two of my top. We'll put two, a pin on yeah. that later because yeah. I I have some thoughts on the Evil Dead, but okay. I have thoughts on Evil Dead too. <laughs> oh boy. Um, I have thoughts on Evil Dead too too. Awesome uh, bitch. <laughs> Um, okay, so those are yeah. All all of these are great movies. Um, Yay! Yeah. What do, am I going to have sex with? What am I going to kill? And what am I going to? Oh, oh. I'm going to say this. What are you going to uh, make sweet, sweet love to, Andy? Which all right. Movie are you going to take out on a nice dinner and and try to fuck it? Essentially, um, of course. I have. I. I don't know. This is tough. Um. Okay, I think <laughs> the reasoning I'm giving in my head for why I'm, where I'm putting each film also, because mm-hmm. even though I know one is technically ranked lower, I feel bad that like, but I don't want to do that to it. So yeah. I'm trying to like move it around a little bit. Like, I think, yeah, I think I'm going to do, oof, no, no. Be honest with your feelings, Miss Andy. Come on. Come on, man. Okay. It's okay. So I'm going to fuck Blue Velvet. <laughs> Um, I, okay. I'm, I'm surprised I'm not marrying Blue Velvet, but wow, that I'm, is uh, shocking because you are not a fan of David Lynch. I was or... not a fan of David Lynch, but lately, but like I married Firewalk with me uh, last time we, we chatted about this. Mm. Um, I am, I convert on the Twin Peaks, uh, series. Still got to watch, yeah. uh, Showtime. Still, I, I love, love, love Mulholland Drive. Um, and Blue Velvet finally made sense. I didn't fall asleep in the middle of it, <laughs> though I definitely could feel like the moments happening is like, this is where I fell asleep the first time I watched this. I, I love your review for Blue Velvet. May I read it? You may, you, you may. Okay. Uh, so this is Andy's review for Blue Velvet on Letterboxd. Yes, there were times when I said, I've tried to watch Blue Velvet three times and all I got was, of it were three naps. Did I but, have a typo in there? Uh, and all, yeah. Uh, wait, no, you you had the correct spelling. Uh, okay, good. And all I got out of it was three naps. But there was also a time I said, I don't think I'll ever get married. Strange world indeed. <laughs> um, which, yep. as someone who uh, loves Blue Velvet and loves uh, David Lynch, this is very, I'm so glad that you turned around. I, I truly believe, it, I'm going to talk about it like I'm going to marry this film, even though I'm kind of, I have, I have spurious reasons for kind of outright, for it being outranked. But, um, <laughs> uh, so like, I was not in the right 
level of maturity to watch Blue Velvet the first time I watched Blue Velvet. I'm wow. kind of amazed when I've read other reviews and like other like film spotting fans who talk about how like, oh man, I was 18 when this came out. It was like the perfect age. It was unlike anything I'd ever seen before. Mm-hmm. I was like, I was like 20 something when I first saw this. And I was just like, oh, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I just, I don't know why I didn't connect, but I feel like having now like gotten kind of a primer of like, okay, I know I, I know better that to what to expect from a David Lynch movie. I've liked uh, uh, quite a lot other David Lynch material. And I also feel like knowing and liking uh, and having a deeper understanding of like Vertigo and Chinatown also makes watching something like Blue Velvet a lot more palatable, a lot easier. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why? <laughs> no, I just, I, I was just like, in, that's that, those two connections, I never thought of them as good uh, primers for Blue Velvet. In a way, like, well, Blue, well, we were talking before when we, like, brought up, uh, when I watched Vertigo with Colette, that, like, yeah, it's a total, like, proto David Lynch mm. kind of movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just like, this is why everyone, like, that's why I feel like everyone loves Vertigo most of the, the Hitchcock films. Mm. It's the most weird and dreamy and psychologically fraught. Yes. Um, and this is so psychologically fraught too, but it's, <laughs> yeah, it finally, it finally clicked. Um, I'm, I, I'm glad it, I'm glad it finally worked. And yeah, I was just sort of like, I think I just wasn't sure at the time how to handle a, the kind of like, yeah, the kind of like languid pace it has at the beginning. Mm-hmm. I couldn't quite square that with how fucking crazy and violent it gets at the end. And also like that where how like startlingly erotic it gets to. Oh yeah. It's just like, there's so many like disparate elements that like sh- don't make sense on paper and <laughs> didn't make sense at the time yeah. when I first watched it. But now that I feel like I've, I'm an older, more mature, more learned film, wa- film viewer, it, it, it finally clicked with me. So yeah, blue velvet um, is, is what I'm going to fuck. So it's between possession and the wolf of snow hollow. Two movies I have not seen, so I am uh, I very know, eager to hear your thoughts uh, on them. I feel like if when we if when we open this up to criticism to the to the greater world, and you can always send criticism to uh, filmmarykill at protonmail.com. Um, That's filmmarykill at protonmail.com. I know one of these is a better movie. <laughs> <laughs> But one of these costs forty dollars for me to see. Ah, <laughs> I know which one. <laughs> and the other, and the other is just. Here's the other thing too. I was thinking, um, before as I was, uh, I'll I'll give away a bit of the ghost. Uh, if I was, I was thinking at first like, well, what, uh, what would I have wished would be like the one I would marry? It's like I feel like I've always been picking like the older classic films or the ones I've seen a bajillion times already. Mm-hmm. Like it could have been Beetlejuice this week. It was like Silence of the Lambs the other time. It's like, it could have been, you know, theoretically like based on like the, the emotional journey. I feel like I went on with blue velvet could have easily been the favorite, um, for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really enjoyed watching the wolf of snow hollow. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. And it's like, I, and I kind of was like, I kind of want to just, I, I feel like I met a new filmmaker whose work I really want to like continue watching. I want to go back into his catalog. Uh, and yeah, I just, I, I'm, I'm excited about meeting this, this new filmmaker. And I want to share that excitement with the world. For those who don't know, the Wolf of Snow Hollow so is, are, are you killing this by the way? Sorry. I didn't... I'm kill. I, no, I'm marrying the Wolf of Snow okay, Hollow okay. and I'm killing <laughs> possession, which 
Oh, that's oh, fucking man. hard to do because oh, possession man. was so fucking crazy. Um, <laughs> and definitely like, oh, like like a blue velvet. Like I'm going to be watching possession again at some point to mm. be like, holy shit. Um, it possession is is great. I I apologize. Sam literally picked like uh, f- one, two, and four of my top <laughs> movies. <laughs> uh, oh, so man, I'm so sorry. Um, but like. No, Wolf of Snow Hollow is a is a movie uh, written, directed, and starring Jim Cummings. Uh, he made a splash a few years ago with Thunder Road, which I still haven't seen. Um, and <laughs> between that and the funnily the movie host, there's they feel like I've loved these things, but the most of the reviews I've read have been like, ah, this was done better earlier by this other thing that I haven't mm. seen, which made me feel like. I guess that may be true, but this was the first time I've seen this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm really into it. Um, Jim, yeah, Jim Cummings is just like, I don't know. This this is probably reductive, but it's like, he's like the poet laureate of the beta male, man. <laughs> oh, God. He's, oh, wow. I never thought of it like that. He's, he's, he plays a, he plays a sheriff in a, in a mountain town. Uh, and there are some brutal murders that have the, bear the, bear the uh, uncanny resemblance to uh, werewolf attacks. Mm. And he's trying to solve these murders while being uh, a recovering alcoholic and a divorced dad and dealing with, like, the poor health of his uh, father, played wonderfully by Robert Forster. In his last screen appearance. I believe so, yeah. I think this is his last role before he passed away. Um, And it's so funny. (laughs) I... There are so many moments I was like laugh. I like went over to Colette and be like, this line just happened. This made me laugh. My review is one of my favorite jokes. Kind of, it comes early on where like Rob, we, we kind of learned that like Robert Forster is like barely keeping it together health wise. And mm-hmm. his son, Jim Cummings is also barely keeping it together. Trying to like, make sure he's like, he's okay. And why won't you listen to doctors? And mm-hmm. he goes, and then Robert Forster just says like, Oh, I got 11 emails. Oh, it's worse than my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Which is just, there's so many just like weird, funny shit that gets said. Um, I think earlier he does a bit too, just like, oh, he was, because he's the, before this this line, he's doing a mini press conference about the first brutal murder that uh, happens. And he just said, confessed to his son, like, oh, I felt like I was having a heart attack out there. I was like, whoa, dad, are you, do you feel like you're having a heart attack? Yeah, since August. Just like, what? <laughs> I feel like I'm going to hear that line sometime said by you at a party. Probably. <laughs> Probably. Um, yeah, I just was super excited. Now, I, I've read, reading some reviews, I can understand perhaps if you perhaps... I guess this the character Jim Cummings plays in this film is uh, very similar to what he does in Thunder Road. Um, and um, I know Josh, I just am thinking about Josh Larson's little capsule review about that. He thought the uh, the character didn't work as well in, in in a genre piece as it did in a character study. Mm. So I don't know. I can't wait to see Thunder Road though. I just know that like I'm kind of on this guy's wavelength in terms of sense of humor. I thought the the movie itself was was very entertaining. I just had a fun fun time watching it. Um, and yeah, I know there's like some there's some holes and some scripted things I'm. I'm kind of uh, I I will I will level with folks about, but as far as first impressions go, I was just like I am really into this this movie, and uh, it's yeah, it's one of my favorite horror comedies I've seen in the past uh, definitely the year probably. Well, that is exciting. I I'm more I was excited to see it uh, before your before you talk on it, and now I am even more. Uh, yeah, I I did I've seen Jim Cummings like uh, short film that Thunder Road is based off of. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a one take 
short film. It's like maybe five minutes. It's hilarious, if not uh, very depressing. Uh, yeah, I get I get that from from the random reviews I've read of uh, Thunder Road too, or the little bit, <laughs> the little feedback feedback I think- feedback I've read off Letterboxd. <laughs> How did you see this movie? Um, I, I uh, rented it on VOD. Um, mm-hmm. It uh, was about six bucks, I think, off of um, off of Voodoo, oh, nice. which means it was half the price of uh, Antebellum, which I also watched this week. Nice. And uh, twice as good. <laughs> <laughs> um, so put uh, put your money toward a, a good small indie film uh, and a guy named Jim Cummings. I'm, I'm excited to uh, yeah, to get more into him. Um, let me let me let me make some apologies to Possession though, because Possession your is... worst movie of the year. Oh no, uh, your least the most critically panned film in Andy Mitchell's eyes. Uh, he's gonna kill it. It's it's only it's only kind of at its low point because it is one of those movies like kind of like Videodrome, like other um, <laughs> probably like Blue Velvet too. Like when it's over, you're just like the fuck, <laughs> the fuck did I just watch? Uh, but it's really good still. It's it's super hard to find though. I, again, I I decided to take the risk because it is on the fi- film spotting madness 80s shortlist. It's been on my watch list for years, and yeah. I cannot find a fucking copy. Yeah, yeah. I, you can't rent it on any digital platform, and it's I don't know if it was like I thought about joining Netflix to see if it was on Netflix. Um, though public library was of no help because it's not carried by Chicago public library. And I tried to do an interlibrary loan and then they just said, Hey, it's against our policy to do interlibrary loans for fiction DVDs. I was like, why? And they never replied. <laughs> so, so fuck that shit. Um, yeah, you got to get on a suburban library system if you want a good interlibrary loan, which is yeah. maybe why I want to encourage uh, Colette again if we're going to buy a house, maybe to go to Evanston oh, <laughs> so yeah. we get get on that suburban library shit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's uh, so I actually went ahead and like I felt like this is going to be a risk, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to I decided the ethical thing to do. I tried some unethical ways of watching the movie, but even those turned out to be failures. Like even like the Russian like illegal streaming sites. The, the version they were playing like was a version with director's commentary, which is like, this oh. is not how I'm going to watch the movie the first time. <laughs> so, Although yeah. you will probably watch that version sometime. Yeah, I, now that I got the Blu-ray, totally. <laughs> so I spent 40 bucks off of uh, on Amazon for like a Mondo Vision Blu-ray. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, it's a great movie. I'm glad I got it. I, I, my thought was like, at worst, it will be confusing and I'll just sell it on eBay for hopefully like, 20 to 30 dollars because people seem to still want it and it's a rare hard to find movie that people enjoy um i'll be watching it at least a few more times before i sell it so but uh yeah uh or maybe even uh sam you maybe you you, would care to borrow it at some point Uh, i was just gonna ask you after the recording hey andy (laughs) can i borrow your possession i i I anticipated this very much so thinking like ah sam was like well I'm probably going to loan this to you, but make, you know, just remember, I might try to sell it. <laughs> um, or at least like rip it to my hard drive, like a, like the ethical pirater. Um, <laughs> so that's, that's been a Sam. Um, I, I talked about your the terrible movies. What did you wish I'd pick? Like, what is something you, you watched this week that you loved? Oh man. Uh, I, I think something that we both loved, uh, I, the one I would have picked for marriage, uh, I would have picked, Shutter's exclusive, the host. Yes. Or host. I yes. Guess some other this movie. was the other thing, along with Wolf of uh, Wolf of Snow Hollow. 
reviews of host, I've at least comments I've seen kind of on Letterbox seem to imply that like host, it's fine. I've seen it done before. Unfriended did it better, and it's like I haven't seen Unfriended, and so this ruled. <laughs> I have seen Unfriended, and host still rules. Yeah, uh, great. Fuck those people. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I I know a lot of people love Unfriended and Unfriended the Dark Web. I have no idea. I don't understand this love of it. It seems very, <laughs> it's confounding to me. It's, yeah. It's like everyone's love of King's speech. Like, it's fine. I just, it, why, <laughs> why does everyone want to You know how them? everyone just won't shut up about the King's speech in 2020? <laughs> <laughs> Every day it's with Colin Firth's performance. I get it. <laughs> he can't talk good. Uh, <laughs> but it's just, it's just a group of friends getting together over Zoom yeah. for a seance. And they accidentally summon a dynamic a demonic presence in their respective homes. And it's under an hour. Yeah. And it's, love it. It's spooky as hell. Yeah. It's, I think it's one, I saw this twice this, this year. I didn't record the second time because I didn't change anything about the film, but I, I saw it first alone in my room, uh, on my computer, which I will say is the preferred method of watching it. That's interesting. Yeah. We, 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 uh, uh, Chromecasted it to the big TV in the living room. So, and I was wondering as we were watching, it's like, is this the best way to watch this movie? It, I I saw it uh, projected. I saw it uh, shown on my TV with my roommates, and uh-huh. it, it it worked effect it effectively worked with them. There are yeah. some really great scares in this. Totally. But I think there's something about being isolated and being like watching it through uh, your your the laptop that you're watching it the same way that they are yeah. probably projecting through their Zoom. Uh, but it's also just interesting because it adds another layer of claustrophobia to the film. Uh-huh. Like you're uh-huh. you're alone, you're watching them like, and especially in this in quarantine, where mm-hmm. which this film is very much a film of the moment. Yeah, it is it is about a group of friends that during quarantine and they're trying to communicate through Zoom. Fucking Gemma, man. And it's fucking Gemma, man. (laughs) This is the thing I've been saying, like after we watched it, like that was my, one of my first comments after the movie, the Colette was just like, Fucking Gemma. I don't want to spoil too much, but like she, she does some shit in this movie. And it's, it's great though. Cause like they, they illustrate that way up front. Like there's like, they do a lot of good characterization of each yeah. film. Like they all have their thing a little bit, but like really early in, you kind of see that Gemma might not be the best friends with the person that's hosting the, mm. hosting the zoom call. And oh, yeah. right then and there, you kind of, uh, it sets those little seeds of doubt or those little like breadcrumbs of, uh, that call, get called back later and are called back in a bigger way. Yeah. Uh, and it, it, it really, uh, just managed, it manages to get a lot of really managed to scare a lot of things, scare a lot of, sorry. It manages to get a lot of scares while also being very, uh, financially viable, I guess. Yeah. Like I, I, I agree. I think it, I, yeah, it's very economical and very, like, effective and very sharp. And that's kind of what you want out of, like, I feel like what I would more want out of a horror movie. Like, mm-hmm. I suppose there's a place for, like, more languid, like, world building and, like, I don't know, like, flights of fancy. But, yeah, yeah this just kind of cuts right to the chase. Yeah, and it really, like, it becomes, like, a virtual uh, haunted house for a little bit. Yeah. Like, you're kind of wandering through and, like, oh, man, this is spooky. Oh, what? This is also big. And then takes you to the fireworks factory, as you like to say. <laughs> uh, and all shit gets crazy. There's still a scene in this that I, I w- want. I am trying to find out how they did. It's mm. the the face filter scene where they're, uh, uh, somebody's just walking in and 
the demonic presence is somebody has like their face filtering mm-hmm. app on and they're like walking into an empty room and there's a face mask on in the middle of the living room. And they're just wondering like how I'm just wondering how they did that, how they got that little like projected yeah. face out of nothing <laughs> so well. And it, yeah, and such a lot, and especially with live, uh, live objects. It's just, it's yeah. really impressive. And, well, uh, if they, if they able to do it practically, that would be amazing to find out how I wonder if they'd like, yeah, it's like, I, I would assume they just like added it in post or some yeah, shit. Hopefully. Um, uh, but yeah, good, yeah. good shit. That was, yeah, that was a, that was a fun watch too. That was kind of middle of the middle of the pack in my movies, but it was very, yeah, it was a, it was a fun watch. What, uh, Andy, what did you want to marry? Well, again, like Wolf of Snow oh. Hollow was there. I, the other, the other, the only other one that I thought, like, if I was being predictable and just picking the ones that, like, I've seen a bajillion times, uh, we rewatched uh, Beetlejuice. Oh, and nice. That's fun. I Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. Oh. oh no! Ah! <laughs> um, I kind of actually, was, I've, I, I come to you slightly disappointed though, because I was, <laughs> I, I was kind of expecting as Beetlejuice started to be like. This might be a movie I give five stars to. This might be. I remember, I I have a history with this movie. I think it's very clever and very like fun to look at. Um, yeah, but then by the time it's end, it's over. Just like it has a couple script issues, but mm-hmm. um, not in the sense like Colette was kind of. <laughs> She had forgotten just how fucking pervy Michael Keaton's Beetlejuice is, but oh, like yeah. that's the character. I'm cool with him being pervy. Yeah, the character. Uh, I I never understood the fanfare of Beetlejuice. Like I yeah. think a lot of people love the character in the form of the animated series, and they do actually from the movie. Yeah, uh, maybe that's but, that might be the. I I just remember like I've I brought this up to her too. It's like remember how like she like. Remember the cartoon Beetlejuice? Like, I know yeah. I watched it. I have no memory of what happens in that show. Like, it just came in and then left. It, it's literally like uh, the Mandela effect. A little <laughs> bit. Like, did it exist? Are we sure? Um, I, <laughs> I was a big fan of, uh, of of someone I follow on Letterboxd. It goes by the, the handle, uh, uh, or at least uh, by the name Vivian. Um, <laughs> And this, this dude, I think, in the Pacific Northwest just put me at five. Ha ha, Beetlejuice is so funny and weird. It's like me at 21. I'm going to fuck Beetlejuice. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, that's that's a good way. That's that's a way of doing it. Um, yeah. I guess the only other movie, like, I, despite it's kind of like middle, like three-star rating, uh, mm-hmm. I, I'm still really thinking about and really – kind of enjoying wrestling with uh, his house. Oh yeah. Which is on Netflix. Um, it's quite good It's a debut feature. It's about, uh, uh, two, uh, two refugees from South Sudan mm-hmm. who, uh, flee to England and get put up uh, from their detention center into, uh, a haunted house. Hmm. And it really does a good job with like the kind of like the haunted house as a metaphor for both like, Something like just the immigrant experience in general, but also just like as a metaphor for all the all the trauma therein, both like where what they saw at home, the trauma of having to leave home, the trauma of what they left behind, uh, and like there's some uh, survivor's guilt uh, mm. in uh, people that uh, were with them in the beginning of the trip but are no longer with them at the beginning of the trip. Um, yeah, it was very interesting. Um, yeah, I uh, so I, I also recommend watching uh, his house. Uh, that's like a kind of like yeah. I want to know what you think of this. Yeah, 
I I saw it on uh, Netflix uh, the trailer a while ago. I'm very eager to see it. Uh, it's good. Yeah, give it I, a. I was surprised it rated so low for you though. You know, I think I was kind of I was a little sleepified by it in the mm. beginning. I kind of was like wasn't quite connecting with it. Like for I don't know why. I just I was it wasn't quite clicking with me. And then there's a part about halfway through where, yeah, things start to get a little more. The, the haunted house, things start to get a little more fantastical and we start to get a little more background and connection as to what uh, what our characters were. It starts off, you know, we don't see a lot in the beginning of their trip from mm-hmm. Sudan to England. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, we get to see a little bit more of it or a little bit more of just their, their fleeing from South Sudan. And it's, uh, yeah, that's when it started to click to me. Hmm. I probably could be convinced to give it another extra half star okay. <laughs> upon a rewatch, but like, that just kind of was like, that was good. Yeah. Then it, it ended. It was like, I like that. It's like, yeah. I, I first was like, I'm not so sure about this. <laughs> oh. And then, so that became me going like, yeah. Like I always think of like, if I rate something at least three stars, that means I would like to watch it again. Mm. So that's why there's some like classic movies. I'm like, I'll give you like two and a half stars. Like I'll give the 400 blows two and a half. It's like, I get it. I guess you like it, but I just don't care. I don't want to see it again. (laughs) So that's, that's my other shitty hot take on classic cinema that I, (laughs) that I didn't connect that 400 blows would be the new blue velvet of my time. I'll hate it. I'll hate it forever. And then (laughs) I don't hate 400 blows. I'm sorry. I mean, if you, I mean, you said your words, not mine. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I, that's, yeah, that's, that's what I gotta, that's what I gotta recommend. Um, I do want to not recommend, um, <laughs> a couple things. Um, so as you pointed out, uh, before I think, wait, were we on mic when we talked about scare me? No, we did talk. We were off mic when you talked. Yeah. About so me. this I week was very, uh, yeah, this week, uh, uh, I, I make sort of a rule, I guess part of my, to acknowledge, the films I've quote sampled, but then don't care to finish. I will just log it, but then give it no rating and no review. And I did that for uh, Scare Me on Shutter, and I did that for Chelsea Handler's uh, stand-up special on um, on HBO. And I'll give Scare Me this: we lasted longer than Chelsea Handler. <laughs> uh, what? What? Uh, I I have yet to see either of these masterpieces. Uh, what? Uh, when? Uh, wh- why? <laughs> Scare what? me, I, I, I don't know. Scare me might appeal to some more. I think if it, there are more horror fans and more people like it's, it's trying to play with the idea of just like kind of like storytelling. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, uh, it's written and produced and directed by and starring a fellow by the name of Josh Rubin. Thank you. Oh, nice. um, what else has this guy done? I was in Greener Grass. He was in For a Good Time Call. He's he's a so he's a working actor. Um, yeah. Also, uh, does a couple. And I think this is probably his his most major directorial effort, um, as far as I can tell. Um, but point is, he he's an aspiring. He plays a, a fellow named Fred, who's an aspiring writer and actor uh, who works in an advertising agency, and so he rents a cottage to try to come up with some ideas. Um, and then he meets a best-selling author played by Aya Cash and the power goes out. So they check in on each other and start telling stories, which could sound cool, but they're also are just kind of, just kind of mean characters. Oh yeah. <laughs> so they're like, it start the, the movie opens with, um, with Fred and like, a, an Uber with, uh, a driver who's kind of just being dumb like she keeps pronouncing james cameron and saying things like the titanic movies like oh i'm an actor too and just 
being annoying, but not in like a really like endearing kind of way. We're just mm. like, oh, this person's got a good heart or is ever like is ever not kind of the butt of a joke. Like oh. the joke is just like, hmm, this person's annoying. Um, hmm. So then but then uh, once we meet um, Fanny, played by A.I. Cash, the best selling author, something about the joke is that like, oh, but this guy is actually the pathetic uh, loser. And she's just the one who keeps pointing out his pathetic bad idea loser them. So mm. she's trying to like, tell me a story, make scare me. And she's trying to like, well, what about this? Nope. It's bad. Oh. It's, like, it's like, I don't it's like, I don't like these people. And <laughs> Colette didn't either. So Colette at some point was like, you know, we at least give ourselves permission if we're watching something to be like, Hey, especially on streaming services yeah, too, just yeah. to be like, Hey, we don't have to watch this, right? Yeah. You can drop <laughs> so, it anytime. So we dropped it. And, uh, I, 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 I went up onto the, uh, we were really wanted to watch it because we wanted to see Chris Red, but Chris Red does not show up in the uh, the first 20, 20 to thirty minutes of it. So he was in uh, tw- he was a minute twenty one. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Damn. We uh, we'll have to find his clips online later because we do enjoy the comedy of Chris Red. We just mm. uh, you know unfortunately just didn't get to see that. Um, anything else you want to recommend from your from your list of movies you watched? I noticed uh, you watched. Um, the two that I've also seen of your list includes uh, A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night and mm-hmm. The Evil Dead. Oh, yes. Uh, I could talk about both of those, but I'd also like to spend some time talking about Images Ooh. by Robert Altman. Tell me about Images by Robert Altman. Images by Robert Altman, Andy, <laughs> is uh, one of those rare things where uh, an auteur tries his hand at a genre piece. And Ooh. that auteur being the infamous uh, and pretty... Uh, I think we're both... It's okay for us both to say. I think we're both big fans of Robert Altman. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I. I like the play. I, I'm. I'm a bit ignorant, to be honest. Oh, that's fair. Uh, uh, I've. I. I saw Nashville whilst on vacation in Nashville. Liked it. <laughs> um, uh, I did saw. You watch, did you go to Nashville just to watch Nashville? Colette. Colette made the trip arrangement, <laughs> so um, I didn't. I didn't have that much planning. Okay. Okay. But. Yeah, there's yeah, I've I've liked uh, Robert Altman. I'm I'm not as I'm not a diehard or as an expert by any means into the work of the late great Altman. Oh, uh, he, well, he for those of you who haven't seen him, he's a treat. Uh, he's, a, <laughs> he's a bit of a rebel. He's uh, he's known for a lot of his earlier stuff in the '70s, and he's always known for reinventing himself every decade. Mm. Like rather, uh, he's was known for the big ensemble pieces in the '70s, and then he kind of like. Chameleoned him way, chameleoned his way into being more of a satirist, mm. and then chameleoned his way even more into being just a, uh, to being a bigger, to being smaller, uh, uh more inner, uh, inflect, inflective, uh, movies about uh his inner, inner turmoil about society and about uh, American consumerism and all that other stuff that we all love to talk about. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, can't get enough of it. Can't get enough of it. But the uh, this the film images came after uh, came after his western McCabe and Mrs Miller and it is about an unstable children's author who finds herself engulfed in apparitions and hallucinations while staying while staying at her remote vacation home uh, and it's a psychological horror about uh, about guilt, infidelity, and toxic masculinity of the men in the 1970s. Nice. Uh, all three great horror things that are great to talk about. 
mm-hmm. or terrible to talk about. Uh, <laughs> it's it's an amazing film. I had never heard about it. Uh, I wanted to like I after watching after our last uh, recording session, I kind of got tired of seeing shit and coming in with <laughs> shit. So I decided, you know what? I'm gonna watch. Uh, I'm gonna see on Criterion Channel and hear what. That movie things, those good movies that Andy keeps talking about, <laughs> and I clicked on horror genre because I want to keep it spooky. I, I, I'm really, really <laughs> slightly regretting. No, I don't, never mind. I was going to say I kind of <laughs> regretted making you talk about cats for so long, but no. No, it's fine. Uh, but thank you. Because uh, in this fictional world, uh, in this preferred f- film that I kill, I do kill cats. Uh, <laughs> but Images is amazing. It's great to see Robert Altman use the same bag of tricks uh, the like example, the overlapping dialogue or long mm. tracking shots or is the use of the zoom uh, in a horror genre. It, it's it's like watching uh, a kid play with uh, new with tools in a different way. Like he's having, you can see he's having a lot of fun with the uh, with performances and and discombobulating the audiences and both the both visually and emotionally. Like he mm. likes uh. Conf- and it also comes in through like t- confusing the characters as well. Like this, the lead actress, Zana York, the person that plays the children's author is uh, giving a very manic while also trying to be tampering down the, that manic energy hmm. of like, she's aware that she might be going insane, but she doesn't want to let anyone else know that she's going insane. <laughs> that always works out well. Yeah. And it's, it's uh, amazing to see that and just, how the arc of that performance of it going from reluctance to acceptance to embracing it. And it's just a mind belt. It's, I don't want to reveal too much about what it, the story actually is. Cause it like, there is a certain element of it that I will say, do not go see any of, do not read anything about it. Don't okay. read any of the, the synopsis. Just watch it. Cause that it does give a lot away. Mm. Uh, but it's a fascinating and underseen film. I think, Robert Alt Robert Altman. I was kind of surprised he didn't go more into that direction and more like yeah. into use like all these like tools that he's used for comedy and commentary are used for terror and they are equally as effective. Yeah. Uh, well, and that's... yeah, it's it, I never heard about it and now I can't stop thinking about it. Sweet. Well, no, I'll I might have to wait till next spooky season. I can't wait for tomorrow when I can like catch up on all the movies I've been like neglecting for for this month-long scary horror monster marathon, you can't watch. You can't wait to catch up on the Emoji Movie and Cats. Yeah, and yeah, underwater. Those, yeah, yeah, that's it exactly. Yeah. Um. Uh. But Andy, uh, you said you wanted me to talk about the Evil Dead, or uh, well, you you said you were you had it rated lowly. I'm. Intrigued. I did. I wrote it rate, rated very lowly. Uh, three whole stars. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Bold choice. So, I know it. It. It kind of got a begrudging respect out of me because uh, we talked about this last week with the stuff, how I some how a film can be good despite of itself. Mm-hmm. And like with that, it was it had a very good script and very fun characters. The Evil Dead, it has no characters and no story, but it's still cinematic as hell. Like it has an energy yes. and a pace to it that is like you can't help but get caught up into it even though like there's no real reason for you to be rooting for any of these people no it's i i get that too like i know i i, I get that but i also like grudging respect is kind of how i feel about but minus mm. the grudging like i have 
I have such respect for. This is part of the reason why I feel like the first Star Wars is always my favorite Star Wars because kind of just the knowledge of like, these fuckers made this with almost no money. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. um, I mean, they had some money for Star Wars. But the point is like they, like, especially for Evil Dads, like these people made this for like, just like out of, out of paper clips and, and shoebox and strings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I, and I, I love that in a movie. Yeah. And I was, res- there was a charm to it. Like I, it was able to, I was able to enjoy it on that. Like, like student film level. It is a very remarkable, uh, it's remarkable what they're able to achieve out of what's, what's, what's so little resources they probably had. Uh, but as someone that has, has, has been used to Sam Raimi's work, for over, for most of his uh, post Evil Dead work, mm-hmm. uh, this it is kind of like going back to watching uh, someone you know be great, not be great, mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're seeing yeah. them learn a little bit. But it's also like, it, I still say, please watch it. But it does have a lot. There are a lot more problematic issues I have with it. Totally, like the tree rape scene. It, it yeah, that, that yeah. film still that still like gro- grosses me out. Yeah. And it, yeah. It, it really upset. <laughs> like it took it to a level I wasn't expecting to go. And I was like, Oh, I'm really mad that it went there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But yeah. Well, that's it, yeah. I guess real quickly then you also really liked uh, uh, a woman walks home alone at night. Oh yes. That's uh, a good one. Uh, that movie is uh, the girl walks home alone at night. The a lonely vampire stalks members of an Iranian ghost town, and mm-hmm. as she looks for both blood and love in all the wrong places, <laughs> uh, it, it is. I mean, it's it's, it's so goddamn cool. Like, I hate to like, like use that use that like superlative, but like, it's just a fucking cool movie. It has like the mm-hmm. it has the feel, of, the look of a David Lynch film, but the feelings of a. Taika Waititi or Sofia Coppola film. Yeah, yeah. Like it has like a very like soft, gentle heart under like a very like. Oh, it's that. It's got that great black and white photography. It's gorgeous. It's good just costumes and like who? well, well choreographed and like it's giving us one of like our mo- a very modern vampire and a very cool vampire. Like it's just a vampire who wants who's like a morale police a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to look up who plays uh, Sheila. Sheila Vand was a uh, is the titular girl. Um, and she is she's am- great. She's amazing. Yeah, she's, she's uh, just like crazy, like scary, like alluring eyes in this picture. She's yeah, she puts in such a good performance in it. It's so and it's just like it's it's something that like I watched it through uh, Shutter's show uh, Last Drive-In with Joe oh. Briggs. Oh, cool! And that if you, I can recommend a couple episodes before you shut down Shutter to just enjoy that series. Okay, but uh, he had an entire like he had like uh, uh, anger towards it, or like kind of a begrudging. Oh, like, Joe like, Bob! Like kind of shrug towards it. Like, look, sometimes you just wake up and you want pizza. And sometimes you wake up and you want an Iranian Western horror movie. And I was like, I, and like he kept on saying like, it's an art film. It's doesn't need to be explained. And I'm like, yeah, but it's not that hard to understand. It's he's treating it like it's unpenetrable. Like it's like a, a fucking like uh, no. uh, Andy Warhol <laughs> exhibition piece. But like, no, it's really just a cool, cool little uh, 
vampire love story. Like what this fuck? It's who, so fun. who are you telling this to, Joe Bob? Are you telling this to your audience or yourself? Exactly. Like what? Uh, <laughs> like do you do you, do you not trust your audience or he, I, are you just like ah, I don't think I like it? He, I think he just had a feel. He had the quota, and I think it, he had the quote, and I think it's more accurate. Of like, it's a dumb film that does things very smart, and mm. I think he's undervaluing and over simplifying it a little bit <laughs> like it's not just a dumb film it's a very simple film yeah. with a lot of like yeah. subtext in it but like it's just it's just a fun cool movie about a vampire bro like why you gotta get all angry about it yeah i kind of want to still see more i never saw the uh, bad batch yeah i never saw that and i know like critically it didn't do as well as a uh, girl walks home alone uh at night but i still definitely like want to see like mm. what else what else uh Anna Lily Amapur is her name yeah uh, what they can bring out yeah, yeah it's a very I, good debut if anything I am super excited about that keep keep hiring her guys I yeah. think I think that does it though for this week's film Mary Kill oh, oh sorry you want to do it again no we'll okay do, okay do, we'll do it later um, right. but uh and do you have any other closing remarks or any questions or uh uh, oh, I guess I have one thing about images again. Uh, oh, sorry. what's that? Uh, Andy, how many John Williams scores do you know prior to Jaws? Prior to Jaws? Yes. Zero. <laughs> then you would be terrified of images. <laughs> it is uh, John, one of John Williams' like rare scores he did before he was John Williams. Oh, okay. And it is fucking bizarre. <laughs> like he's, okay. It's literally like... It seems like after a certain point, and you can, uh, it seems after a certain point, he's uh, just using every instrument in the in the studio, mm-hmm. <laughs> just to, like for no avail. <laughs> like just putting didgeridoos in there. Sure, it's got spoons sometimes. Ah, oh, spoons. It's amazing. But Andy, uh, other than that, uh, I am super excited. Mm-hmm to know uh, what we'll be going to be watching instead of the election. What are you going to watch instead of watching the election? Um, Instead of the election? Yes. Shit. Um, What could you recommend to our audiences watch instead of the election? Well, I know tomorrow I'm the movie I'm the most excited to finally watch Mm -hmm. is American Utopia. Oh, nice. The David Byrne concert film that Spike Lee uh, directed on HBO. Very cool. so that and stop making sense over mm. and over again. Those will, those would be <laughs> those might be. You know what? I might just I might just make it a concert doc thing. I'll just watch. I'll just watch. Uh, stop making sense. Uh, American Utopia. Uh, Beyonce's Homecoming, mm. uh, Beyonce's Blackest King, um, <laughs> all the Beyonce videos, um, then uh, all the Radiohead videos. And then you're going to um, get Dixie Child's videos. Maybe A Hard Day's Night. Um, okay. maybe, uh, maybe some more 90s videos. Um, maybe we'll watch the um, What Would You Do video by the group City High that came up in a in an Amber Ruffin show monologue oh. that has <laughs> also become our obsession. She's... <laughs> Uh, it's, it's not a good song, but it's, <laughs> it's a catchy song, but it's deep. It's lyrics are deeply problematic. And, oh yeah. Of course. Um, 
Just a short version. Um, the point is like the City High is a R&B hip hop trio with two dudes and a, and mm-hmm. a girl. And the dudes sing a story song about how um, they're going to a, a party at their friend's place. And this party has strippers. And this one of the strippers they recognize from school. And it's like, this girl has a baby at home. What's this girl doing stripping? And so they basically shame her mm. into being a stripper. Barbie's like, well, you're at a fucking party with strippers. Why aren't you? <laughs> like, why aren't you? The, like, why aren't you yelling at your friend about this shit? <laughs> so anyway, that's well, watch the Amber Ruffin show as well. Instead of the election, that might yeah, yeah. Um, watch anything. I I might be watching election coverage, but I also know that I probably will be holding holding my beloved close to me and praying for the best. Mm-hmm. All right. And on that note, uh, find us on Letterboxd at Kinetic Android and at S Lounsbury. Email us at filmmarykill at protonmail.com. You could find me on Sam Lounsbury at Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, you can find us on the street. Yeah. To you- say hey. If you see if you see a short fellow in a taco costume, it might be Sam. If, if you see a short guy in a taco costume, it's definitely me. <laughs> Doesn't matter what city you're in, it's probably Sam. I have teleportation powers. <laughs> we'll see you next time on, on Film Mary Kill. Spooky. Let's talk about that Lone Star. <laughs>